News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome to The Commentators. The Commentators. A respectful and insightful discussion on the news and issues of the day. News Radio 680 WPTF. Count on us. I guess it was about a month ago, a colleague came to me and said, um, I think you ought to do a show about pancreatic cancer. And I said, you're crazy, because pancreatic cancer is one of the toughest cancers there is. It's extremely hard to diagnose, and the survival rate uh, isn't that great. It's about 9%. Then he hooked me up with this guy named John Lowe, who is with uh, a group called PanCan. It's Pancreatic Cancer uh, Action Network and so forth. And they're having a fundraiser. It's a 5K you know, type of deal, and uh, you should give money to this. Uh, the event is on April 21st, and just go to purplestride.org, and that's how you can um, uh, participate. You know, I've given a few bucks to it and so forth. And the reason that I'm doing this is because I was amazed at what is going on in pancreatic cancer and I am also amazed to find out that they're actually, you know, it's not necessarily a death sentence because that's the way that I perceived it. There is some uh, some things that are going on, and there's some things that you as, as, a, as a person, as an individual, can do as well uh, to help, um, you know, help in the early diagnosis because in many cancers, early diagnosis is a, is a key. So I want to th- uh, give thanks to uh, John Lowe, uh, who has assembled this, these, these group of, of experts. With us from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill is Dr. Kirsten Bryant and uh, Dr. Uh, Derwin. Dr. Derwin, I'm sorry, I forgot your first name. Uh, Channing Durr. Channing Durr. Okay, I've only asked him this like six times, folks. Uh, and Jim Hart, who is living uh, with pancreatic uh, cancer, and, um, and they're here today to, to tell us uh, the story and the hope of, of, this disease, uh, of this disease. So thank you all for, uh, I know you all got very busy schedules and so forth, so to come out here, I really appreciate this. Glad to be here. All right. Um, Jim, yep. <laughs> I'm, uh, how you doing? You, you're living with pancreatic cancer, and when you told me that you were first diagnosed in 2014, my mouth kind of dropped because that's a long time. For pancreatic cancer, yeah, the average life expectancy after diagnosis is really only about 11 months, and I've been going for about three and a half years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I was diagnosed fairly early, so I had surgery to remove it. There's a very complicated surgery called the Whipple procedure. It just really screws up your insides, but if you catch it early enough and the Whipple is successful, then you can actually live a normal lifespan. Mine apparently didn't catch it quite early enough, and I had a recurrence about a year after the surgery, and I've been yeah. fighting it since. Mm-hmm. Um, how did your doctor know, or, you know, I'm sure you just didn't walk into the doctor's office and say, hey, I think I got pancreatic cancer. Could <laughs> you check this? How did this, uh, you know, sort of come up in, in your life? Well, I was having some, you know, gastrointestinal problems um, yeah. in the spring of uh, 2014, and I've lost a lot of weight. And um, I went to my doctor, and they said, oh, it's probably just this flu that's going around, so see if it goes away, come back in a couple of weeks. So I came back in a couple of weeks, and nothing had changed. And they, um, they sent me for an abdominal ultrasound, which showed something on my pancreas. They sent me for an MRI and a biopsy and a bunch of other things, and they came back with a diagnosis of something else entirely. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came back with uh, chronic pancreatitis. They didn't, they didn't catch the cancer. 
So a couple of months later, I'm at a Durham Bulls game, and I notice that my eyes are yellow. I've got jaundice, and I go back, and they do all the same tests again, and they go, oh, well, you've got cancer. Dr. So. Uh, Bryant and Dr. Uh, Derwin, um, is this a, a common story that some of the first symptoms are are often thought to be, well, you, you know, kind of like got the flu or, you, you know, maybe you just some stomach problems or something that's really not that big of a deal. And people don't necessarily say, uh, well, you know, well, we ought to check you for pancreatic cancer. Yeah, that's very much the common way that it's diagnosed. Another thing is people have back pain. It's because your pancreas is buried so far inside your body, you know, there's no external signs of the cancer that you would imagine, like a lump or something like that. And a lot of times you don't know it's there until it's messing up your digestive system or pushing on some nerves and causing pain. And unfortunately, by that time, it's usually spread somewhere else by the time that you know that you have anything. Mm -hmm. uh, John, I'd, I'd like you to answer this question because, uh, again, it was kind of a big-time education when I, when I talked to you. Um, there's actually places that people can go because until I talked to you, I didn't even know you, there were any type of symptoms. And so, and obviously doctors are busy and, you know, that, that kind of thing. And, and you know, sometimes the pra uh, doctor will practice, well, let, let's do the least first instead of like, um, you, know, do, you know, do you have the flu or do you have pancreatic cancer? What are some of the things that people can look, look for? <clears throat> Excuse me. And, and are there some uh, web type things that they can go to to kind of, you know, see what they should be on the lookout for? Yeah, Rick. Uh the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network is the first place we'd recommend they go, and that's pancan.org. Uh, the, the organization was started to do a number of things to help families that are dealing with this issue and patients that are dealing with this issue to promote research and help raise funds to promote that research, and also to lobby uh, government organizations to create more funding. One of the problems with pancreatic cancer is it's not as widespread in terms of the numbers of people it affects, like a skin cancer or breast cancer. Those things get primarily the, the primary bulk of the government funding because they affect a lot more people. Pancreatic cancer, is it's important to get funding for that because it's among the deadliest of the diseases. Many of the other cancers have a, have a significantly higher survival rate than pancreatic cancer. So I would suggest that people go, their first place to go is pancan.org where they'll find a great deal of information that can lead them in other places. And uh, Dr. Durr and um, um, Lett and uh, Dr. Bryant, you're researchers in pancreatic cancer, which is why you're here. Do you end up having to fight this battle? Is it? And, and, and let's just be blunt here. There's a lot more sexier um, causes and diseases, you know, because you're fighting for money whether it be on the private side or on uh, the, the government side. Do you find that it's, you know, I'd, I'd rather give to breast cancer because it has a hell of a lot higher profile than pancreatic cancer? Yeah, yes, that's, that's one of the problems that we're facing because, for example, breast cancer, as yeah. you indicated, they've done a fabulous job of raising awareness in our community, and as a consequence, the support, the research support, and the researchers involved in breast cancer have done a fabulous job of making fabulous strides in that area. And because pancreatic cancer has been not as well recognized, we're trying to catch up with the success that we've seen with breast cancer, colorectal cancer, in two ways. One is raising awareness, and secondly, trying to get more support for pancreatic cancer. If you look at the dollars per death of different cancers, pancreatic cancer, as deadly as it is, is falling behind 
and behind the other cancers. And so mm-hmm. that's an area where we have to narrow the gap. Yeah. And, and John, I'm going to go back to you because, you know, you're, you know, um, you have a professional life outside of this and, and that has to do with marketing and public relations and so forth. Can it be said that one of the problems that pancreatic cancer uh, researchers and patients have to deal with is they don't have a good marketing plan? I mean, it's nice to have Anjali uh, Jolie or some, you know, somebody with a high profile <clears throat> and go before Congress or make a commercial and say, we need to help. And you got in pancreatic cancer. I can't. Re- I don't think I've ever even seen an ad or PSA regarding this. Yeah, good point. Uh, what well, at PanCan? One of the things we're trying to do is educate people uh, in terms of some of the more well-known people who have uh, suffered and passed away from this disease. Uh, for example, Steve Jobs is the first one that comes to mind, and we have a long list of business people, government uh, people, entertainers, people that that the names would be very recognizable, that people had no idea that's what they died from. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in many cases, and some of these people go back uh, years, I think, and and the two doctors could verify this, but I think when they passed away, it was more attributed to stomach cancer or something like that. It wasn't clearly identified that it was pancreatic cancer that took their life. So I think that's one of the things we're trying to do to raise the profile of the disease. Uh, but, it, but it's really a numbers, like many other things in life, it's a numbers game. You know, we don't have the numbers. Well, speaking of numbers, I'm going to be you know, asking you to consider donating uh, to uh, the event that's occurring. It's, you know, it's a 5K run and all that sort of thing. Uh, it's going to happen on April 21st. And so head on over to purplestride.org and uh, take a look at what's on that website and listen to what we're saying here. Uh, and also, you, there's a link on WPTF.com uh, as well, um, and to, as to you know, determine whether or not you would like to uh, part, to participate. And uh, and when we come back, um, I'm going to have the two researchers say, uh, tell you that the money you donate goes to them. You know, it's not going off to goodness knows where. Uh, it goes to them. You're listening to the commentators here on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back. These are the commentators. The commentators. Respectful, insightful on News Radio 680 WPTF. Count on us. We're doing a program on pancreatic cancer, and uh, with us uh, is uh, John Lowe. He is with uh, PanCan, <clears throat> which is a, um, a group um, um, basically raising money and, uh, um, and education on pancreatic cancer. Jim Hart, who is living with uh, pancreatic cancer. Dr. Channing Durr, right? Okay, the first time I got his name right, I'll, I'll program. Uh, and uh, Dr. Uh, Kirsten, not Kristen, right? Kirsten. K- Kirsten. Uh, Kirsten Bryant. Okay. Uh, and they, uh, the two doctors are researchers from the University of North Carolina at uh, uh, Chapel Hill. Um, I'll tell you what. Uh, I'm going to go to a call. We have a call. Now, you know, there's no need to put the uh, headphones on. I'm going to uh, do some magic in here. So, uh, Andy, uh, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. Thanks for taking the call. Uh, first thing for the doctors, go heels. And then... Uh, Second thing is, I'm wondering if you could talk to the prevalence of pancreatic cancer in certain subgroups, namely individuals that have type 1 diabetes, type 2 diabetes, and then versus the general population. Thank you. 
Okay, guys. Uh, any of you prepared for that one? Who does it strike? And, you know, if you have a particular um, pr- a health profile such as diabetes, you know, should you be, you know, uh, on the lookout more so than something else? So there are certain high-risk groups for pancreatic cancer. Those with diabetes, those obesity are 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 populations where there is an increased uh, uh, chance of getting pancreatic cancer. And so we certainly do focus on those subpopulations, and we try to encourage uh, those people who 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 ha- are in those risk groups to to be aware of potential symptoms and signs to, to not ignore them. Because as we already talked about, the symptoms that we see are things that lot, many of us would simply ignore and think about other things. And so mm-hmm. just to be much more aware, like, okay, this, this might be nothing, but let's not take it so casually and, and just be more diligent about uh, following up on, on things that might turn out to be. And, and that often happens that people just fortuitously go in for another reason to a doctor and they get diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Those tend to be the lucky ones that are fortuitously diagnosed when they went in for other reasons. And so certainly being diligent for those subpopulations is an important thing to do. And uh, Andy, to your point, if you've got diabetes or you're obese or something like that, and maybe you got a back problem, and um, uh, let's see, what are the other things? Weight loss and uh, jaundice. Uh, loss of appetite, and if your doctor nausea, and if your doctor says, "Well, you know, maybe you got the flu, or maybe you got this or that," you as a patient ought to say, "Hey, you may you may want to check me for pancreatic cancer." And if your doctor rolls his eyes, well, too bad. You're the one paying the bill, right? Well, there's a bit of a problem with that in that there's no test for pancreatic cancer. All they can do is do MRIs and CTs and see if maybe there's a a shadow in there, mm-hmm. and those tests are can be kind of expensive, and so. A lot of doctors aren't going to go for the expensive scans um, on just sort of spec here, you know, mm-hmm. on a couple of, you know, possibly unrelated um, effects. But there's no test. And that's one of the things that uh, PanCan is working to fund is uh, research to, to produce a, a test for pancreatic cancer because right now there isn't one. Well, that's the the uh, voice of Jim Hart, who's living w- with pancreatic cancer, and therefore you've gone through this, and you have you know basically been uh, you know diagnosed. Uh, tell us um, about the support systems, if any, that you, you know that are available to a, a pancreatic cancer patient. Well, I was the affiliate chair for Pancreatic Cancer Action Network local affiliate for about a year. Uh, PanCan and another group called the Lust Garden Foundation are the two biggest um, supporters of pancreatic cancer research. But the reason that I chose to work with PanCan is because they also do a lot of work in terms of um, supporting patients. Uh, You can call in. You can get one-on-one counseling with someone who knows what they're doing. They recommend surgeons. They recommend research hospitals. Um, They've got a lot of information out there about what you can do where you should go to get tested. So, you know, that's my first line of defense. Well, I'll tell you, that's that's pretty amazing simply because, you know, if that diagnosis, you know, uh, came up in my, in my family or with me, first thing, I wouldn't know what the hell to do. And um, yeah, go to PanCan and, and they, can, they can get you started. They can, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, all right. All right. Uh, let me, uh, uh, Krista, let me know. If, um, sh- should we go here? Okay. All right. Uh, same uh, deal, folks. We have Pat Harper from uh, Raleigh, and she has some information 
on pancreatic cancer. Go, uh, go ahead, Pat. Uh, yes, good morning. Always enjoy your show. Um, I don't know how if it's, if it's a recent uh, information. I was a GI nurse and worked with uh, at Georgetown Hospital in D.C. and worked with Dr. Locke Teo. And uh, often when we diagnosed uh, pancreatic cancer, it was through an ERCP with a needle biopsy. And that was the final thing. Now, that was, I've been retired since uh, 2008, so they, they perhaps have uh, newer and better uh, diagnostic uh, testing now, but that's what we did. And Lockteo was the uh, world's foremost uh, ERCP, uh, ERCP specialist in needle biopsy. It was, he was quite something. He was, he was Indonesian, as I recall. And we had him for a few years at Georgetown, and then I think he went out to California. But uh, we did diagnose some people that way because it was a final, it was an actual needle biopsy from the spot itself. Okay, thank you, Pat. Uh, appreciate that. Let me ask the doctors, have, have there been, uh, you know, she's referencing 2008, have there been um, any significant advances in, in detection and diagnosis since then, or is it still just a, a monster to, to find it? Well, certainly in, in, in terms of early diagnosis, as, as Jim indicated, unfortunately, we do not have a clear uh, test for, for early detection. That would be the holy grail of, of the field. If we can detect the cancer early, it can be potentially very curable. Unfortunately, we don't have that. With regard to advances since the time that um, uh, she's been in, in the clinic, mm -hmm. uh, we know a lot more about the genetic basis of pancreatic cancer now. It perhaps is one of the best profiled in terms of understanding the genes that are mutated and cause the cancer. So that's the first important step. The second step, which is what our research is involved in, is trying to use that information to try to not just develop diagnostic tests, but also to develop therapies for, for the disease. And the, the situation is that once we identify the genes, the, process, the, the progress of drug discovery is a long road, and it takes 10, 15 years. Hopefully, we can shorten that time. Um, am I correct in assuming that your basic knowledge about the cancer, pancreatic cancer, sort of trails uh, other types of cancer? Uh, which is why they, you know, once you get detection, why they're further along as far as, you know, the cur cure rates. Do I get that? Did I get that right? Yes. So so there has been sort of a bias towards <clears throat> the major killers, and breast cancer has, has certainly been uh, one that has attracted a lot of research interest and attention. Colorectal cancer, lung cancer have been the so-called, hate to use the word, popular ones, yeah. simply because of awareness and, and impact on our society. And, and pancreatic cancer has definitely lagged behind, but at least excitingly in research, we are now starting to catch up. Why did you guys get into this, knowing that this was gonna be such an uphill fight? So um, for, for me, it initially, many of us researchers get into research simply because we're fascinated by understanding what, what causes things. And for me, that's why I'm in research. But I would say my perspective changed around in 2007 when I became associated with Pancreatic Cancer Action Network and being involved in interaction with survivors and the families. And it changed my whole perspective from wanting to make fabulous scientific discoveries to now actually 
trying to make a difference for, for these people who are, are just desperate for, for something, for an impact, for something to change. All right, folks, we're going to uh, talk more to these inspiring uh, folks, Dr. K- Kirsten Bryant and Dr. Uh, uh, Channing Durr from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. They are researchers on pancreatic cancer. Uh, Jim Hart, who is living with uh, pancreatic cancer, and John Lowe, who is uh, spearheading the effort uh, by PanCan. And they have an event that you can participate in. We'll continue this uh, when we come back. You're listening to the commentators on WPTF. Welcome back. These are the commentators. The commentators. Respectful, insightful on News Radio 680 WPTF. Count on us. Rick Martinez on this edition of the commentators, and we're speaking about pancreatic cancer. And uh, we have some experts uh, here with us. We have Dr. Kirsten Bryant and Dr. Uh, Channing Durr from the University of North Carolina. They are researchers in this field. And Jim Hart, who uh, ha- is living with pancreatic cancer, and he's also been. Uh, active in a, a local group, uh, PANCAN, which uh, stands for something, right? Pancreatic, Pancreatic Acti- Cancer Action, Action Network. Network. And John Lowe is his buddy uh, who's uh, mm-hmm. in this uh, as well. And uh, through the efforts of this group, they've inspired uh, Dr. Durr to uh, get involved in uh, pancreatic uh, research. And Dr. Uh, Bryant, uh, you've got a reason for uh, being a researcher in this very, very tough field. Yeah, I do. For me, it's a little bit more personal. So when I was getting my PhD, um, my father was actually diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. When I was doing my, my PhD research, it was focused on cell biology, some basic cancer biology. Um, but when I saw everything he went through and how there weren't really treatments for him anymore, he exhausted mm-hmm. all of his options. I decided I was in a position where I could contribute to this field. And so when I started my postdoc, I, I saw it a pancreatic cancer lab. Hmm. Well, I'm good. I'm, we're, we're lucky to, you know, to, to have you uh, in the field. Now, you told me something during the break that, uh, again, and this is why we're doing this show, because, you know, it's just amazing the things that we are finding out. Uh, and that is, is that um, when it comes to, I guess, one of the more, well, just tell me with regard to, um, you know, breast cancer and so forth, uh, the position of pancreatic cancer now. Right. So last year, um, pancreatic cancer actually surpassed breast cancer in the number of deaths per year. And so what that's basically due to the fact is that treatments for things like breast cancer are getting better and better. Survivorship mm-hmm. is increasing, um, but that's not happening yet for pancreatic cancer. So it's actually the third leading cause of cancer death in the U.S. Behind? Um, Behind lung and colorectal, and it's actually um, forecasted to surpass colorectal by 2020. Okay. And, and um, let's see, uh, Dr. Durr, you've got, you've got gray hair, so I'm going to ask you this question. <laughs> um, you know, the success of, of the lowering deaths from cancer, one would assume, has to do with the, the awareness thing, with the... Komen thing, the Jim Valvano thing, and everybody and their brother, you know, getting on the breast cancer bandwagon. Is this is what you're trying to achieve there? Because, you know, it, if uh, people basically dig in their pockets and, uh, you know, um, contribute to the Purple Stride at, at purplestride.org or WPTF.com for this 5K and run and so forth, uh, you know, that gives you more money uh, to work with to, in essence, 
have available to you to study the genetics, the cell, and so forth that can lead to answers, which is kind of what ha- is, is happening in breast cancer. Did I get that right? Uh, yes. So uh, research dollars in general are, are, are very tight. Currently, the National Cancer Institute will fund the top 8% of grants that are submitted, which means 92% of, of the applications that are submitted would not get support. So research dollars are short. And most of it comes from federal sources, but our federal sources, particularly the NIH, is still not quite recognizing the importance of pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. And so foundations such as the pa- Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, Lust Garden Foundation, they're the ones that are trying to fill the void and trying to uh, facilitate more awareness and, as a consequence, more recognition that this area of research needs help desperately in order to facilitate more research in this area. And, John, I want to make this a, a, a point again, um, is that these researchers are in a competition because, as, you, as, as we just heard, there's only so much research dollars to go around, and that's why awareness is, uh, is so important because you got, you know, people calling their congressmen and so forth, yeah, we need more money for research, that kind of trickles down. Yes, and that's one of the important reasons PANCAN became an organization is to help with that visibility to uh, not only help raise money directly because we have, Jim, do you know how many affiliates we have around the country? 52. 52 affiliates nationwide, all of them doing purple strides in their communities. So we raise a great deal of money. Uh, But then again, like I said before, to lobby, to be a lobbying group so that the Mm -hmm. government can put more money towards this through NIH and other areas, cancer uh, research areas of funding. So like the doctors were saying, it, it's, it's just really a visibility thing now to reach out to people like you, who you've mm-hmm. said many times, you're totally unaware of the yeah. actual severity and scope of this disease. So that's why we want to do more shows like this. I want to um, get to your all's research you know, specifically, um, but first let me ask you, and Dr. Bryant, you, know, you went into this thing you know, eyes wide open, what in the field gives you some hope or gets you kind of excited? It's like, yeah, we're finally going to get this sucker. Yeah, um, I think that something that Dr. Durr mentioned earlier, the idea that we're better understanding the disease. I mean, the first step to to know that you can treat something is to understand what's wrong in the first place genetically. So we're finally getting some targets that we can actually go after. Um, and yeah, and I think in more recent, more recent years, the idea, the realization that just one target isn't enough is very important. It turns out that most cancers, and certainly pancreatic cancer, they can um, become resistant quite easily to treatments. And mm-hmm. so the idea that you're going to have to go at it, going after multiple targets at once, I think is an advance that we've had recently. Dr. Durr, you know, you kind of explained that as far as understanding particular cancers that, um, you know, the more you know about it, the, the, the more you know how to treat it, you know, the drug therapies and, and, and so forth. Uh, where are we with regard to knowing uh, what we need to know about pancreatic cancer? And more importantly, how, how much advances have we made in the in, – in, uh, in the recent past as compared to, you know, are, are we kind of getting some momentum and so forth? Yes. So I, I've, I've now been involved in pancreatic cancer research for some seven, eight years now. Mm-hmm. And I would say in the last two to three years, 
the momentum has been quite impressive. Momentum in, in several categories. One is that uh, the different approaches and strategies and technologies that we can apply to studying pancreatic cancer has really advanced so that we can study the cancer in a much more elaborate and sophisticated way than before. Mm -hmm. And secondly, with increased awareness, even among my colleagues who are cancer researchers, many of them have not really paid much attention to pancreatic cancer. Mm. So another thing that has been very impacting on the field is with this increased awareness, with increased uh, funding in pancreatic cancer, researchers who previously studied breast cancer or colorectal cancer or lung cancer have now started to gravitate. And anything that rejuvenates and field and energizes it is to bring new talent into the field. Is it uh, advantageous to be working in a place like North Carolina and specifically in the Triangle? Because you got all these smart Alex over at, uh, at UNC at, uh, Chapel Hill with their big degrees and their knowledges and their Nobel Prizes and so forth. And you got same type of folks over at Duke. Uh, and uh, and you got a pretty impressive group of folks over at Wake Forest. They had pretty good uh, folks over at their medical uh, 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 medical school as well as ECU. Because um, does it kind of help to be in this type of environment where you know some guy at Duke makes an observation, you just pick up the phone and hey, give me a call. Yes. So so while we may be rivals on the basketball court in the cancer research. And we're going to win, by the way, Dr. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. <laughs> I, I, I won't pursue that line of thinking. But anyway, <laughs> uh, when it comes to research, uh, there is uh, a great network and community of, of, of interactions and support between researchers, not only at UNC, and at Duke, but other institutions, uh, NC State and so forth. And it is, th at this point, uh, the, the, the task is daunting and no one researcher can do it. We need everybody to work together. And so uh, there's been a shift in how we do research of moving towards teams. And really? in fact, some of our best collaborators are at Duke. Mm -hmm. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Dr. Bryant, you know, since I'm going to assume you're the youngest uh, person here and, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, new and all this, I guess that the thing that kind of um, surprises me are um, do many people – I mean, yeah, yeah, we know you got a great medical school and, 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 and that sort of thing, but to, do people in general – and I say this because you, you're probably newest uh, in the field – really have an understanding as to the type of world-class research that is going on at the, the institution that you work at? Yeah, I certainly hope so. And I, we like to try to open it up to the community as much as possible. So the Durr Lab, so I work for Dr. Durr, mm -hmm. and we have um, open houses where we invite people from the Pancreatic Cancer Action Networks, patients, families, mm -hmm. to try to convey that we're working hard on this um, project and um, making it understandable for everybody to see what we're actually accomplishing. And uh, Dr. Durr, let me ask you the same question, except let me broaden it out. You know, um, you know, much of the um, groundbreaking and significant um, uh, research, not only in cancer, but in AIDS treatment and so forth, a lot of it's just coming down the road uh, at, at Chapel Hill. Do most mm -hmm. people understand that, you know, what uh, incredible work's being done down there? I would like to hope so, and, and certainly I'm, I'm glad you do bring this up because certainly there, there's incredible talent here at, at, in, in this research triangle area 
not only at UNC, but at Duke. And so we have some of the best and the brightest people and the most successful researchers right here in this region. And, and, and Rick, if I might, I, uh, also, since, since we're talking about Chapel Hill, I, I need to acknowledge that uh, Coach Roy Williams has been very helpful to the organization. Uh, he lost his best friend to pancreatic cancer several mm. years ago. Uh, he was, uh, the year after that, part of our Purple Stride event, and he's done a couple of public service announcements for us and is very vocal in his support of our organization. So I wanted to make sure and reference that. And Jim Hart, since you're living um, with pancreatic uh, cancer, I guess you, <laughs> it's better to be here than someplace else, eh? Yeah, it is a lot better to be here than someplace <clears throat> else. I'm in touch with a lot of people in, like, Facebook groups who are going through the same thing I'm going through, but mm -hmm. they're in rural areas of, of Indiana or somewhere in Montana. They don't have the facilities that I have here, and some of them have to travel thousands of miles to have the surgery that I had or to get access to the same sort of options that I have, and a lot of them can't afford that or they can't take the time. So there are a lot of people who don't have the advantage of living in a, a, a wonderful place like Research Triangle Park where we've got these wonderful people doing all this research. And uh, Dr. Durr, I'm, I'm, I think I'm glad you pointed it out that there's a lot of collaboration between the great institutions in the state, uh, Duke, UNC, um, uh, Wake Forest and other areas, and uh, ECU is, uh, like, I, like you said, it beats being in Wyoming, doesn't it? Yeah. All right, when we come back, we're going to ask uh, specifically Dr. Dirt the things that, uh, that he is working on, and uh, along with Dr. Bryant, and we'll see whether or not we can understand what he said. So when we come back. <laughs> Welcome back. These are the commentators. The commentators. Respectful, insightful on News Radio 680 WPTF. Count on us. We're talking about pancreatic cancer, and uh, there's a lot of hope uh, that we are finding out with our experts, Dr. Kirsten Bryant and Dr. Uh, Channing Durr from the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, Jim Hart who's living with uh, pancreatic cancer, and uh, John Lowe, who is with the Pancreatic Can Cancer Action Network. They're having an event on April 21st, having a 5K run, that sort of thing, and you can give some money at purplestride.org. Uh, uh, Dr. Durr, you are basically the, uh, you know, you're, you're, one of the, you're the big shot. You know, Kirsten uh, you know, works for you. Tell us what you're working on. So we work on a gene called KRAS, and what is the significance of pancreatic cancer? It is a gene that is found in virtually every pancreatic cancer, and we know from extensive research that this is what causes pancreatic cancer. So the good news is that we know the enemy. We know the gene that, when mutated, drives the development of cancer. The bad news is that, logically, if we could develop a drug to correct this genetic defect, we could have a blockbuster drug to treat pancreatic cancer. Unfortunately, we've been doing this now for more than three decades, and we still have yet to succeed. We do feel that we know a lot more about it. We've learned from our mistakes. Mm -hmm. We've learned from our ignorance. And we feel now, we're cautiously optimistic that we can finally develop an anti-RAS drug that will be able to use for pancreatic cancer treatment. Um, is there any, uh, and that's what you're working on. Yes. Is, is there any type of research that you're seeing that is, you know, coming up with some sort of early detection? And I know, I think I just came across 
something in the popular press about uh, there's now a blood test for colorectal cancer and all that sort of thing. Uh, so that you don't have to do what you know, uh, you know, Jim had to do, and you know, get all these you know, complicated procedures and so forth. Is there anything that's, uh, and you know, on the timeline uh, with regard to a, a more easier detection? So this is one of the top four areas of of research in pancreatic cancer because obviously, if we had such a marker, the impact would be just stunning in terms of its impacting uh, pancreatic cancer deaths. There's intense research in this area. Are we close? No, we're not. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think one of the things that we have learned as researchers that's, is that we have been humbled by studying pancre- pancreatic cancer. It has taught us a lot of things that we, as, as, as smart as we'd like to think we are, have simply not understood. And so we're being taught by the cancer cell that it is much more complicated. And as we learn from our mistakes, and misunderstandings in the past, I think we're going moving forward in a much smarter way. Jim, I'm going to ask you an unfair question here is, is that, you know, you're living with this, you're dealing with this, and you've got two researchers here who just told you that this son of a gun is just one of the toughest things. They're doing their best, and this, you know, bastard, you know, pancreatic cancer is just, you know, is as tough as it ever has been. I mean, I've been aware of that since the day I was first diagnosed. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's tough being a patient looking at what's going on with pancreatic cancer research and thinking, okay, well, there might be a cure, but it's 15, 10 years out into the future. That's mm-hmm. going to be too late for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just something I have to deal with. But um, I'm encouraged by what these researchers are doing at UNC. I'm encouraged by some programs that are going on at PanCan to try and speed up the research process. Um, they've got a, a process going on there now. They call it Precision Promise, where they're going to try and test 10 or 15 drugs in the same time it might have only taken, in, in the same time that it would have done one before. So there's a lot of activity going on. There's a lot of acceleration going on. And I think the, a cure and a detection method for pancreatic cancer is going to happen a lot sooner than, it, than it, you might think. I think it's going to five to ten years. And Again, that, that won't help me, but it'll help a lot of people. But apparently that sort of um, uh, encourages you to, you know, to do stuff like this, to come on, you know, on the radio and to be, be involved and so deeply in, in uh, PanCan and, and so forth. One of the biggest problems we have at PanCan in terms of, like, getting our message out yeah. is that the, the best spokespeople for cancer are the survivors. Yeah. And we don't have that many. Yeah. So as one of the survivors, I feel like I have an obligation to speak out as much as I can. You know, Dr. Durr, you said that, you know, guys like, um, you know, Jim Hart inspired you to put your professional career in one of the toughest areas of research. Uh, Tell me how, you know, what inspired you. So as, as tough as pancreatic cancer is from the research perspective, I, I think what people like Jim and others are doing, um, their determination, their their desire to do something, even though they know that this is a tough battle, it is it is their courage, their determination, their their fight. I, I it makes us want to do the same thing, and so mm-hmm. we just want to join them and try to help them do this. And so, I for me. Uh, people like Jim are is, is my inspiration for sure for what I do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's it's a good reminder. So you, 
what what the patients are going through is nothing compared to long hours in the lab. Mm-hmm. So I'd I'd be happy to put in long hours in the lab to try mm-hmm. to make things better for them. All right, uh, let's uh, go to Joe in Carborough who has a question about uh, certain types of remedies. Uh, Joe, you're on the show. Yes, I appreciate the research that goes on at UNC and at all the research facilities around here. I did want to just ask you, in in your research, historically, I won't say the word proven, there have been studies done on homeopathic remedies, uh, herbs and spices that fight cancer, turmeric being one that I take daily, and I incorporate into such things as spaghetti sauce and soups. Uh, even common everyday aspirin, which is a Native American discovery from birch bark, you know, basically has been. There are studies out there showing that it directs directly attacks cancer cells. And as a diverticulitis sufferer who almost died ten years ago, I walked out of a hospital without surgery. And uh, dude, I asked for a, a whole thing of vitamin C to be loaded into me daily, uh, liquid vitamin C IV-wise, and I had a, a, a hole as large as a silver dollar heal naturally without surgery one week in a hospital, and I'm just, I'm a big believer in diet and, and, and remedies that we can do. Any studies on turmeric that you've looked into? Okay, Joe, um, thanks. Um, doctors, what do you think about the non-traditional um, uh, treatments and um, such as what uh, Joe was talking about? Be, be honest. We're honest on this show. If you, you want to say mm-hmm. Joe's all wet, that's fine. You can say that here. Well, so, so there is certainly room and, and there is certainly evidence in many situations where these type of, of, of approaches do have an impact. Mm-hmm. The caution I have is that sometimes these are overly hyped mm-hmm. and premature. And it's not to say that they might not be correct in, at the end, but we need more comprehensive evaluation to make sure that this is true. And in particular for pancreatic cancer, you don't want to be led astray and try something that has less evidence of support because you have only a few shots on go for pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. And because of that, my, my advice would be to, to stick with those where there is a track record and evidence that it does have a, ha, an impact. Jim, you're living with pancreatic cancer. You know what's your take on this? I'm uh, getting the traditional chemotherapies, and that's kept mm-hmm. me alive for three and a half years. And I think I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. I've read a lot of some of these studies about some of the homeopathic remedies, and yeah. there are some that have some anecdotal support. Uh, but I don't think of any of them that have been scientifically proven. Mm-hmm. And pancreatic cancer is very aggressive. It spreads very quickly. So if you spend a couple of months taking some homeopathic remedy that doesn't have impact, you could be making the difference between being able to have surgery and survive or having it metastasize elsewhere in your uh, system and, and being nothing you can do about it. Yeah, and just to add to that, we brought up Steve Jobs as, as a pancreatic cancer uh, patient victim. He took that approach initially. He was very much an advocate for vegetable juices and diet and so forth. Only as the disease advanced did he finally recognize that perhaps that was not the right strategy. Mm -hmm. And then he he flipped completely and and, and he embraced uh, medical research. We we would never know, but there's some speculation that perhaps if he had gone straight to more conventional proven uh, medical approaches that he might be alive today. Okay. Dr. Bryant? 
Yeah, I, I agree with everything that's been said so okay, far. Okay, I'm going I'm to go ahead and, and cut you off because I have about a minute. And, John, I want to give it to you. Tell us how people can um, get involved and, more importantly, dig in their pockets and help with this research, funding this research. Thanks, Rick. Um, as we've said, purplestride.org is the place to go to find out about the event. I encourage people to participate in any way you can. You can join a team. You can form a, form a team. All of us here have teams uh, there, and uh, you can just show up and participate on the day. Uh, we'd April love to 21st. have first. April 21st, NC State Centennial Campus. All right. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, everybody. Jim Hart, special thanks for you for, uh, for being here. All right. We'll continue with the commentators when we come back. You're listening to News Radio 680 WPTF. <laughs> 